You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hello, friend. It is Angie Austin with The Good News. Thanks so much for joining us. Good News gals are here, Donna Hetzler and also Monique Davis and uh, our producer, Dave. And I want to talk about two things. Uh... An educator that is really spectacular that I think is like one of those, I always say like the Oprah Winfrey show teachers, you know, like the teachers that would come on Oprah that you're like, oh, they're amazing, you know, really amazing teachers. And then um, uh, Pete Davidson from SNL was talking about depression and suicide and just people actually bullying him and like prompting him to quit suicide. And he said, you know, I'm I'm not going to do it. And I just loved his honesty about, you know, what he's gone through and, you know, he had a big breakup recently with Ariana Grande, yeah. and then he said some stupid things about a veteran who'd lost his eye in combat, and he was running for office recently during the midterms, and he said he looked like a uh, pirate porn star, and people were like, are you kidding me? This guy is a veteran who lost his eye. Like, you can't say that about him. Right. So we got a lot of pushback, and he did apologize for that, but... He's in the comedic world, and I'm not trying to say it was okay what he said, but, you know, in comedy, sometimes they say things they come to regret later. Sure. Uh, Anyway, he took to Instagram to address his online bullies in an emotional post that touched on his borderline personality disorder, which is a lot. I mean, I know someone that I believe has that, and uh, the extended family members just call him crazy. You know, like, oh, they're so crazy. They're so crazy. They're so crazy. I said, well, I think it's borderline personality disorder, and then this you know, a person said to me, you can call it whatever you want. We call it crazy. <laughs> so I said, well, it really seems to me, I'm not a professional, but it seems like borderline personality disorder. And that's what Pete says he suffers from. And look it up. It has some real specific uh, qualities to it, that type of personality. And then he addressed also not just his online bullies, but he also addressed suicidal thoughts that he's had. And he said in his statement on social media against Pete Davidson, D- Davidson from Saturday Night Live, who lost his father, who I believe was a firefighter. I mean, I don't know a lot about him, but uh, in 9-11. And so he grew up without his dad in his childhood. So that was tough as well. So Pete says in a statement on social media, he opened about what the past nine months have been like for him. And during that time, Davidson had a whirlwind romance with pop superstar Ariana Grande that ended with a broken engagement. He said, quote, I've kept my mouth shut, never mentioned any names, never said a word about anyone or anything, because he did get some flack because he did a promo for the show about broken engagements, and people thought he was kind of making fun of the Ariana thing. And then she wrote a song that definitely made fun of, like, their break breakup that basically says, like, next. Well, Davidson said, I'm trying to understand how when something happens to a guy, the whole world, uh, whole entire world just trashes him without any facts or frame of reference especially in today's climate where everyone loves to be offended and upset. It truly is mind-boggling. And that is an interesting statement because we're so such a PC world, right? And that don't offend people and don't say that and don't wear that and don't do that. But then you don't like somebody that's in the public eye like Pete Davidson and you bash him to the point where he's like suicidal and people still keep going after him. The SNL star said he wants to bring awareness to borderline personality disorder for people like him 
who don't want to be on this earth. Again, he said, quote, who don't want to be on this earth. I've been getting online bullied and in public by people for nine months. I've spoken about borderline personality disorder and being uh, suicidal publicly only in hopes that it will bring awareness and help to kids like myself who don't want to be on this earth. Despite any virtual trolls, Davidson vowed to stay strong. I just want you guys to know, no matter how hard the internet or anyone tries to make me kill myself, I won't. I'm upset I even have to say this to all those holding me down and seeing this for what it is. I see you and I love you. He's just 25 years old and uh, the split from Ariana Grande was in October and they'd become engaged just a few weeks after making their relationship official. She was a guest on SNL and then, uh, you know, and then they got to know each other there and then got engaged shortly after. And he recently dealt with that, dealt with that backlash I mentioned about a wounded veteran. He came under fire after making a joke about a Texas congressman elect Dan Crenshaw, whom he compared to a hitman in a, an adult movie. I'm sorry. I know he lost his eye in a war or whatever he said. Crenshaw got the last laugh appearing on SNL then that the veteran did and then he kind of like played up on it and made fun of Pete a little bit but they brought him back on to like made it make it right because Pete felt badly about making fun of him right. so anyway my whole point to this is they give the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Hotline which is 800-273-TALK 800-273-TALK, and I think far too many people are bullied in real life, on social media, and when they're in the public eye. I mean, I remember being on TV some 20 years I did TV news, and um, like if you're sick from any other job, like you're an accountant, nobody comes to you the next day and says, oh, I got so many letters saying they wish you wouldn't come back as an accountant because they like the other accountant that filled it in for you better that they think you stink. <laughs> so I'd get letters like, I, why don't, I wish you were gone all the time. I think your replacement was so much better I can't stand you. I wish they'd replace you permanently or things like that. I mean, most of it, don't get me wrong, most of it was nice and positive and fun. Right. But there's always people who are going to hate you, just like some people like, you know, a Porsche, some people like a VW. It's like what, you know, you go to a car lot, everybody has different tastes. And I always felt like not everybody's going to love me, but there's certain careers where you're more in the public eye, like Pete Davidson's. And it's a shame that he already feels suicidal and people are pushing him towards suicide. I just think we've become so cruel as a society. Oh, absolutely. Have become so cruel, so insensitive. And like you said, you know, it's uh, the same coin, different sides of the coin as far as, you know, do whatever you want and say, have your beliefs and, you know, that person's entitled to their opinion. But as soon as it disagrees with that person, yeah, it's be like tolerant and loving yes. until we don't like what you believe in. And then until we can you don't you. feel tolerant and then right. it's time to jump or bully. So it's an, it's an odd dynamic in our world today. And I'm not quite sure how to navigate that, you know? It's, Me uh, either. I'm always really careful about what I say, too. Right, right. Because you can, I mean, whether it's politics or religion or what have you, I mean, it, it's almost, it, it has a feel of like walking on eggshells. You know, like you just well, got to be careful. And with it, with the um, with, with the risk of opening up a can of worms, uh, just a little while back, you know, Joy Behar, she says a lot of horrible things about a lot of people. We could look it all up, right? She's on the View, and so Meghan McCain wanted her to be quiet because they were trying to honor H.W. Bush, and then Joy wanted to rip into Trump. And then Megan said, could we just go back to honoring George H.W. Bush? That's what we're trying to do right, here. Focus on what Joy basically told her, shut up. And then Whoopi said, let's go to break. And then allegedly, then when they went to break, Joy said, somebody needs to get a hold of this. Uh, somebody needs to control this B word about McCain, right? Well, just like a few days before, Kid Rock had called Joy Behar 
um, a B word when he was on Fox and Friends. And then Nash- Nashville, the city, I guess, bounced him from the parade, from the Christmas parade, right? Okay, then Joy does the same thing to Meghan McCain. And I feel like Joy gets all this free reign to say horrible things about people. But Roseanne Barr didn't get any free reign to say anything horrible. That's right, yeah. But it's interesting that Joy, like, and there's, there have been times when I think she's had to apologize, where even ABC has said, you know, you should call so-and-so and apologize. And so I just feel like if we're going to allow, it needs to be like more equality in what is considered acceptable and what's not. And then that's not acceptable on TV or from people who are hosts. And that's just, and, and there needs to be some kind of threshold. Like I feel there used to be on television. Right. Well, it's all about what sells, right? The drama. We've talked sure, about right. reality you know, TV and what have you and what sells and and the drama of it all. But man, I just go back to the Bible and, you know, life, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And how does this edify somebody else or what have you? But circling back to the, um, you know, suicide prevention. And I mean, Mm. you and I, Angie, have uh, siblings with mental disorders, right? My sister's schizophrenic. You lost a brother to schizophrenia. And I think there's not enough education about mental health. We're still Mm. learning a lot about the brain right and we don't see it like cancer when right can't it's not it's cancer tangible. they're going to bring them a stuffed animal in the hospital and when they're um, when they have mental illness they're like, oh they're crazy they're crazy right and so um similar to you know a cancer patient like i was having coffee with a lady who had been through cancer and her hair was just growing back and um so in the coffee shop uh, another woman comes in and her head's shaved and she goes up to her and she's like, I just wanted to tell you that you are so beautiful. And, you know, she started encouraging her and talking to her, where are you at in your treatment? And, da, 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 da. and she came back to me, my friend who had been through treatment and is clear of cancer now. And she said one of the hardest things going through cancer was the fact that people couldn't, um, you know, like address the issue. They would like either look at you and look away or the weird stare, you know, but nobody would just come up and say. And so it's it's just not tangible with mental illness, right? You can't see it or there's no chemo for it or whatever, right? It out. Yeah, there's they no can't pill. figure it out. But we well, I guess there are it. pills, but they we still have so far to go when it comes right. to treatment. Right, or diagnosing some of them is very difficult, like bipolar. I mean, it's one of the most um, undiagnosed because they can't quite put their finger on it. So, um, yes, yeah, so we need to come alongside and support and love and and kind of face those things head on. And, okay, so you're dealing with that. You're not crazy, right? You've got a chemical imbalance in your brain. But and have a conversation about it. Uh, I um, so my husband he went through some. Um, he has a mental illness, and you know from repeated trauma from football, head injuries and stuff. And he did a very public um article a few years back about his suicidal um, thoughts and the way that he deals with it and I just it it helped me understand my sister because my sister has been been diagnosed with um schizophrenia really and but she is uh um uh an accountant so she 
it was kind of hard because she can still navigate and work. She's like a functional. Yeah, she's a functional. Yeah, which is actually amazing. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. So I just think um, my husband helped me to understand what she goes through and to speak to people who don't understand it until it hits really close home to you, you won't get it. Because even with my husband, a lot of people, he he is disabled orthopedically and mentally. And when we park in the, sometimes he doesn't want to park in the handicapped place because people he gets out and he's this big guy. And people will stare at him like, you know, give us looks. What, what are you parking there for? But they don't know that he the pain has pain he's in and his mental handicap. Well, it's interesting you say that because my mom has a walker. And so whenever we park in handicap, sometimes I'll let her off and then I'll go park. But if it's like snowy and I need to help her in or whatever, then I'll park in the handicapped. And then I'm always like, I've got to get the walker out right away so people can see. Right. Because you don't want them judging you, you yeah. know. And like Jennifer Bishop has said many times, because her ex-husband was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. So for many years when he had difficulties, and uh, interestingly enough, he has slow progression. So he, almost, he actually has gotten less disabled in a way over the years. But um, when they would park in handicapped, um, when he couldn't walk very far, people would say things to them. And you just don't know. Invisible disabilities are there. You just don't know. You can't say anything. And people. even like you were saying, even if it's two schizophrenics, their experience could be totally different, totally different. right? So unless right. you've walked in somebody's shoes, you still don't know their exact experience because we're human, right? We're all created so uniquely that our experience to grief, if you and I are grieving something, we might process that and feel it differently mm -hmm. and that's what I was just talking to Andre about because he he lost an aunt um last week um from alcohol abuse and we he was saying to me you know is it we're um how I grieve and I was telling him everybody grieves differently that's right like so he's not a crier but I can tell when something is affecting him because mm -hmm. I know him so well. Mm -hmm. And I cry when I grieve. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was explaining to him. Everybody grieves different, differently. Everybody goes through different everything differently. Like he has a friend who um, I tell him to check on often because he's not married. And he has the he goes through the same thing that my husband goes through, but nobody's there. So we called him one day. He fell on my husband's mind. He was like, I'm glad you called me. He, he was like, I've been sitting in my bathroom crying and screaming for four days. Oh, my gosh. And just oh. no one. I just think we need to be more compassionate. Yeah. I'm trying to teach my kids, too, that. Um, you know, one of the, 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 my littlest got a hold of the older one's phone and they were looking at these videos and some girl was saying, no one likes me and, you know, and then bad words and, you know, st you, you know, blank to all you people. Um, and she's like a kid, you know, and so underneath my littlest one wrote, 
you're just trying to get attention. And I said, oh, Uh-oh. my goodness, you are not old enough to be posting on anything on your sister's phone. And so we've actually now taken away our sixth grader's phone completely. And our son has all of his um, apps removed because phones for our family were a failed experiment. They were too distracting. They're too young. They need to focus on other things. And they're too addictive. And one of my girlfriends, who's an author and a speaker, Arlene Pellicane, she did a segment with me called uh, Why My High Schooler Doesn't Need a Cell Phone. And her straight-A student kids, none of them are the same age as mine, except the oldest is now a freshman. He's a little bit older. Does not have a cell phone. I said, public school in San Diego, California, and he doesn't have a cell phone. Wow. She said, nope. And I said, well, have you had any problems? And she mentioned the, the couple of different things where he had to take, like, pictures in a class for, uh, for some assignment. And then there was one other thing. She said, well, when he comes home, his friends have my cell phone number, and they can call that. And he has a Google Voice account, and he can use that. And then they have computers for homework. And I was like, wow. And I thought, you know what? We're taking my daughter's phone away. And then my son's really has been... It's not a smartphone anymore. It's a dumb phone because it can only text <laughs> and make calls. You can't even take photos with it and no apps because I have I turn them off right from my phone. That's right. I remember. Yeah, I, I have our cool hour packed. O u r p a c t, and so um, everything is you know blocked. So you know you can all you can also like my girls are so competitive. So they. You can go into your iPhone, I don't know about other phones, and find, like, your, go into the settings, and it'll tell you your screen time. Screen yeah. time. Yeah. So Andre pulled it up one day, and he asked them, he said, who do you guys think are on their phone the most? And they were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So he showed them how to pull it up. Yeah. And when they saw who was on their phone the most out of the entire family, now phones have been down more. But I will tell you this, with high schoolers and middle schoolers, you know, they put a lot on where they have to go into the tablets. And like my youngest, she's in sixth grade. So a lot of her work is on the computer. And so even with the high schoolers, it's more so. So a lot of times when they're doing homework and they have to submit it into the portal, they are doing it on their phone and they have to submit that. Mm -hmm. So with, you know, within the Cherry Creek School District, the older they get, the more they'll have to have a tablet or computer or something like that. Mm-hmm. In order to submit some of their yeah. work. Yeah, and I and, I, and she did mention, my friend uh, who's a high schooler doesn't have a cell phone, she did mention that he does use, um, you know, the tablet that they have from school, but it's only for homework. She doesn't let them play video games and stuff like right. that on it. And they actually do their own homework. I'm like, oh, what a dream come true to not have to harass your kids to do their homework, and they're really self-driven. That's a real blessing. Yeah, absolutely. One of my kids is like that, one. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't one. say which one. But no, see, my me. kids are so competitive. Like I said, it's like they push each other. That's great. That's so really good. Yeah. They, they want to outdo each other. Like my, like my middle schooler. She, my, she'll say what she posted. What grade she had on our family chat. Yeah. And my um, 
my oldest was like, I'm so proud of you. Wait until you get to high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. But it's, it's good to difficult. take breaks, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's addictive. I mean, yeah. studies have shown that it's addictive. Yeah. And, you know, some of these um, video games that they watch, they're making them more and more addictive. And so it's all messing with the brain. And it's more. even addictive for adults. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've I seen a couple at dinner and they were both like looking out on their phones and just their finger was just scrolling. I'm like, why come to dinner? Yeah, we don't do that at and, dinner, but yeah. I see that all the time at restaurants. And maybe sometimes people just don't like each other very much, but I think they're so addicted that they can't put the person in front of them first. Yes. Yeah. I heard a real estate guru that I follow say he was at dinner with his wife and they were both on their phones and he caught, he looked up and she was on her phone and he looked over at her and handed her his phone and said, I want to be with you. I want to be intentional. Here's my phone. Aww. I know. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. All right. AngieAustinRadio.com. If you want to know more about the good news gals and beauty and hair and real estate, and uh, you can find them on my website, AngieAustinRadio.com. Just shoot me an email. We'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303-238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. Uh, they help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items about once every month or two. And I call 303-238-JANE, and they come right to my house with a truck, and they pick everything up. Here, check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. Rejuvenation on the Rocks is a cutting-edge medical facility in Greenwood Village that will help you look and feel your best. For years, Roxy O'Brien has been transforming lives using non-surgical, cutting-edge treatments like Botox, microderm treatments, facial fillers, and the revolutionary cool sculpting to help you look and feel the best you can. With these non-invasive and effective procedures, you will start to see a difference almost immediately. And right now, as a loyal Good News listener, you can get the Rejuvenation on the Rocks special of buy three treatments and get one cool sculpting treatment free. Plus, all through the holidays, Roxy is offering an additional 15% off any treatment just for mentioning Angie Austin and Friends. Plus, all new clients will receive a free microderm treatment with the purchase of a cool sculpting package. Call Roxy at Rejuvenation on the Rocks at 720-328-9094 or go to Rejuvenation on the Rocks, that's Rejuvenation on the Rox.com to schedule your special good news holiday treatments and be sure to tell Roxy you listen to Angie Austin and receive your special pricing deals. 
Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Angie Austin, Mike Opelka, should you get that device your child wants for Christmas? Arlene Pelican, author and speaker, uh, specifically talking about her book, Parents Rising, this time. Uh, you actually changed, you know, our phone situation in our home, Arlene Pelican. This is amazing. <laughs> Arlene has three kids too, Mike, and as you know, even the high schooler doesn't have a phone. Now, my son does have one that only um, makes calls and receives texts, and then my daughter, hers was uh, temporarily taken away, but when she gets it back, it also will only make calls and receive texts until they achieve a certain grade level. I like this. I'm, I'm totally behind this, and I, with no children, just want an America with smarter kids and yeah. less distracted dumber kids. Dumber phones. Smarter kids and dumber phones. <laughs> <laughs> A great idea. Well, yeah, in guys- my... I have tackled one thing, and this is so stupid, but, you know, these phones are expensive, these smartphones. So we've given them our old ones, but part of the embarrassment, apparently socially, is to have, like, a flip phone or something. It's like a dinosaur, right? Right. A fossil, I heard neighbors say, I have a fossil. And Uh so um, my kids actually appear to have a smartphone that only does what a fossil does. Right, exactly. Appearances. Yeah. And and in my book, Parents Rising, I talk about that it is a parent's job to set those boundaries, right? And so when your child does ask you and you know, oh, they want this particular video game for Christmas or they want this phone or an iPad, you know, I was shopping yesterday and the line was out the door at GameStop. Like there were just like people, they wouldn't let them in the store. <laughs> they had to like queue up in order to go into the store wow. to do their shopping. So I know technology is at the top of the list for so many kids. And so for as parents, If you know already, okay, I'm sorry, you're not going to get that smartphone or that iPad, you know, how can you have that conversation before Christmas so that when it's Christmas Day, it's not like, you, I thought I was going to get what I wanted. You don't love me. (laughs) Santa's a jerk. Yes, Santa's a jerk. So I do this Facebook live chat each week. And last week I talked about, you know, what are these conversations that you could have with your child? And I was really encouraged because I had some comments, some um, moms and dads that messaged me afterwards privately and said, you know what, I am going, I was going to give my you know son a phone, but I decided not to. I'm going to go return it after listening to this about how it affects their brain, their social life, etc. And then another mom said, our chat about devices was such an assurance to me because I know in my heart my 11-year-old will be better for not getting the only two things he wants for Christmas, right? And I think that takes some maturity as a parent to say, you know what? I love my child. I want to please my child. But by giving them this device, these video games for Christmas, this is not going to make our lives any easier in 2019. So I'm just not going to buy these things. 
Well, I think, too, you might be making your life easier in the moment, but you're certainly not making yes. your child's life better later. I see parents, and I've been guilty of it at times, you know, especially when we're on, when we're on trips, of giving kids devices to kind of shut them up and keep them from yeah. fighting and uh, bickering. Right. And in the car on a long-distance trip, ha- each having a device has really helped. My, I've when I travel with my dad, it gives him a lot of anxiety when the kids yeah. are going at each other in the back seat. Right. Especially if you have a rental and they have to sit right next to each other. Right. We build like pillow barriers, and I don't care what kind of barrier <laughs> no. or fort you build back there. It's there not good tears. enough. No, it is not pretty. <laughs> right, it's not good enough. So, um, but you're not really doing your kid a favor. I've told Mike that Riley said to me that that Fortnite game he plays is addictive, and he's yeah. always been on honor roll, but uh, not this year. And I think it's the games and the Fortnite. So they're gone. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear all this. And I just want to know whatever happened to the games that we used to play when we took our annual vacation, which was really my dad going to a uh, convention. So he was working, but we all piled into the station wagon. Whatever happened to the license plate game? Yeah. (laughs) You know, those those games can still exist, you know, and, and all those kinds of things. So you can certainly have those road trip kinds of games with your kids. And we, listen to things as a family like right now we're listening to Scrooge and it's a you know an audio version of it and it's all dramatized and stuff so you can find things that are technology driven but they include the whole family uh, instead of just you know one person so some things you could ask before buying the device for your child if you're kind of teetering on the fence you know one will this be addictive to my child do I see that my child already has some tendencies to be like okay turn that off please and they have a hard time doing that you know or put that down or no more games. So if you see that your child is already struggling with that by giving them a personal device, that's that's going to be, you know, kind of a red flag for you. And then you're asking yourself, you know, how old is your child? Does your child really need this device? Is this an appropriate? Is the game too mature for your child? These are things you do have to ask. And then are you going to regret this? You know, I, I used to say like, okay, think of yourself six months from now. Are you going to regret this? But it's not going to take you six months, probably. <laughs> it might take you January third and you're like, why did I get this device or game or iPad for my child? It's a constant struggle. And so have those things in mind because I know for my high school freshman son, you know, one of the moms had texted and we get the boys together over the winter break to do anything non-video game related anything, you know, and I had a chuckle because we don't allow my son to play video games. So, you know, and here's just this desperate cry, like, can there be anything in life that is just not a video game? And I think if we as parents will limit what they're allowed access to, that really helps them to experience more life offline, which is healthier for them. I can't even stress how much I agree with you in this arena. And my nephew, who's in college now, who's not real big on conversation, mm-hmm. I heard him telling people he's going to be a dentist and then a lawyer. Yeah. And then I said, we can be like a dental lawyer? Like, what What are you talking about? Like, the, you give legal advice while you fill their teeth? Like, what do you... He goes, oh, I just tell them whatever pops into my head when they ask me what I want to be, just so they can stop asking me questions. Questions. And I said, so you don't know what you want to do, but you, can, you don't want to have that conversation that you're still deciding what you want to do. Right. So make something up or throw out one of those just randomly right. and uh, he he's an only child and his mom worked a lot so he was alone a lot so he played games like all the time games that I wouldn't let my kids stay in the room while he played them because they were so violent sure. and her thing is the world will tell my son no his entire life but he's not gonna hear it from me 
And I oh. have to admit he is a fantastic kid and yeah. extremely well in school and he does right. have really good manners. But I think he's depressed and yeah. I think he's lonely. And I think he doesn't know how to connect with people. And so you may not have told him no about some of these things he plays, but I think it disconnected him from the world, specifically people. Because when he's around our family with all the chaos of our house and we're all together for Christmas, he'll go off into a room and put his headphones in, which is a millennial thing anyway. But because it's too much for him, like all the interaction, all the noise, the arguments, the fun, the games we play, you know, the thinking, it's just like his head's going to (laughs) explode. And so he just kind of goes off by himself. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is giving your child the gift of being able to be with people, you know, the more you limit the devices they're with. Yeah. Be with people and actually enjoy spending time with people. Yeah. But I, I think that, um, Mike, if we don't, um, you were saying you know, they run a kids theater, his wife does. So they see these kids and their devices all the time. If we don't um, get a grip on this soon and get tough enough as parents, because yeah, it makes it easier in the moment. And then they get mad at you. And my kids get mad all the time. We turn them off when we're in another room. It's kind of a joke. I say to my husband, should I do it? And he goes, yeah, do it. And then here about 30 <laughs> right. seconds later, oh, mom, because we've turned off all their devices. Right. And so with that said, they don't like you in that moment. But you are winning like this small battle if you um, allow them to, you know, you're going to be their friend and you say, okay, you can have them. But I think we're going to run into a lot of problems later in this world if we have these disconnected, depressed, sad kids that don't know how to relate to others. It's absolutely true. Well, I I really have no uh, horse in this race other than I want to live in a country with smart kids who can have a conversation, not just with their peers, but occasionally with an adult. And I think the way you do that is by doing what you guys are talking about. Make them talk to each other, and then they'll actually be able to talk to us. Yes. I I just want Arlene's kids because they do their own homework, and they're so (laughs) nagging. I mean, oh, my gosh. All right, Arlene, how do we find you? ArlenePelicane.com. And the book is Parents Rising. Thanks, Arlene. Thank you. Angie and Mike here, and we wanted to talk about the benefits of silence. That feels good. It does, doesn't it? Just drink it in. Shh. (laughs) All right, Dr. Cheryl Lynch joining us, the academic entrepreneur. Mike, she's going to talk about, you know, we live in a noisy world, the harmful effects of noise and the benefits of silence. And uh, I want to talk about a touching post that my girlfriend put up about this yesterday. But Cheryl, why don't you get us rolling on the topic first? Well, what caught my attention was this article that came up in my search yesterday because I know all of my students, all of my friends, everybody seems to be just over the top regarding this time of year, yes, it's in there. And the one line that caught my attention in this article, it says, where no creates stress, silence relieves it. Isn't that something so incredibly simple that all we need to do is step back for a minute, listen to the birds, go take a walk, go outside and not say anything. And that is so hard to control silence, to intentionally use silence, to benefit from silence. Those who use it, use it well, will be able to, just like you did, we leaned in when you did your silence move going, oh, there's something coming. Sometimes when we slow down, it's amazing. That's how but my sometimes, friends sometimes get the kids that, that they'll do like the, instead of like, I'm like really loud, they'll be like, I need to speak with you about something very important. 
important. <laughs> it really gets their attention. Oh, absolutely. What's that one commercial? When EF Hutton talks, people listen. Or the ability, if you want to capture somebody's attention, whisper. These were commercials about decades ago, and they're still powerful. But this time of year, there's so much noise. And I think your topic was spot on when you started this segment with being able to look at our devices. We can't put them down. And the noise of them humming in the background and the microwave going off and the washer going off and the phone going off. And every time you have a beep or a text or a, something that your phone does, there's a noise that goes off it. And it's the Calgon take me away. And so when people are stressed, all you have to do is deconnect, de-stress, have that idea of silence that you can control that instead of being controlled by your environment. What do you think, Mike? You're awful quiet this morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, that's how he does it. I asked him once, I'm like, how can you be like everybody's best friend? Like your golf guys probably love you. You wear the bear hat. You've got the jokes everywhere you go. You make a friend. You talk to strangers. I'm like, but then when you are done, like you shut me out. Like I'll send a text. And he's like, I'm in my private time, basically, you know, or he just doesn't respond. And so he told me, and Mike, explain it. Like you have your on times and your off quiet times. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I, I think there's so much power in self-regulation of what we say and do. And there's also so much to be learned. The greatest sensory overload I have is not when I'm in front of a 70 millimeter IMAX movie with sense around and shaking theater seats. It's when I am just me and I'm either standing on the shore of the bay uh. and drinking it all in or if I'm just alone with my thought and I said thought, <laughs> I, I try and make it one at a time and just take that in there's a power that that you are given in the moment of silence and it is sometimes so powerful that it makes the other noisy times unbearable but I and I do find refuge in both but I will tell you there is no greater gift you can give to yourself than to shut down and I'm not talking about going to sleep I'm talking about just being quiet and seeing what you see and hearing what you hear and understanding what is meant to be understood and it's so difficult years and years and years ago I used to go to the movies by myself just because and an elderly couple leaned over to me at a screening of on Golden Pond and said, you're here by yourself. And I said, yeah. And uh, the woman goes, is that terrible? Are you lonely? I said, no. I'm I'm here with one of the best friends in my life, myself. And at the end of the movie, she looked over at me and gave me a hug and said, I get it. And the oh. husband goes, I don't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious about the husband. Well, sometimes we have to go, in order to go faster, we have to slow down. And you yeah. have to be able to take that time. I was just kayaking down in the Florida Keys, and it was oh. almost guilty. But it was 82 degrees versus the point here. But I remember just sitting on the water and closing my eyes and listening. I heard birds. I heard waves. I heard people. I heard sirens. And it was just a things you don't notice because the world is just too busy, 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 you know? And it's a, you got to kind of just let it slow down and wash over you and aren't we just the worst society in the world that we don't take all our vacation time and people in Europe will take a month at a time I needed two or three days just to kind of decompress and by the time I did I had to recompress because I was back in the game again mm -mm -mm. 
okay. Well, I want to share with you guys uh, my girlfriend, Carrie. She's a speaker and she motivates people and works with a lot of entrepreneurs. Kind of a similar arena to you, Dr. Cheryl. And uh, she, uh, <clears throat> I was with her doing a, a show uh, several years back and she got a call from the sheriff's department and she's got two um, kids and uh, she's been married 27 years and her husband, uh, you know, taught Sunday school at the church we went to and just a great lady. So um, she had to leave the studio and I said, well, I'm coming with you. I could tell something was wrong. And when we got to her house, the sheriff's department was there and her husband had taken his life. Now, um, several years later, about two years later, um, she'd moved to be near her son and he's a producer in the um, uh, news station in Phoenix. And he also then left the world. Uh, circumstances, I believe, the same, sim- very similar. And uh, she posted, she, so she has one daughter now and they, she just got married, the daughter. And this is what she put. Uh, and this does relate to what we're just talking about, about silence, because she said that it has been a lifesaver and a life changer for her. She said, my biggest Chris- Christmas and New Year goal for you. So many of you wondered and some have asked how I'm able to keep moving forward so positively after so much loss the last few years of my life. If you don't know, both my husband and my son have le- left the earth in the past four years. And I'll share with you something about the things I know for sure and about surviving and thriving through the worst adversity. And she was really, really close to her son. I mean, they, they lived together and he was in his mid-20s. Um, so she talks about what she does. And my wish for you is very simple. It's to be still more. We've become a world of idolizing and rewarding, having super packed schedules with multiple activities on our place plate. And yet worse, we are doing this to our children. I don't know if anyone else has noticed it, but it's not working on so many levels. We have several academics, uh, epidemics, pardon me, happening in our country, lack of focus and clarity, feeling disconnected from our true selves and others, low self-confidence, depression, depression, low self-esteem, lack of boundaries, etc. And so this doing is not making you happy or anyone else for that matter. I've developed one habit over the past eight years of my life that has pulled me through the worst and it's become my lifeline. Only in being still can we hear God's voice and our own mixed with his to feel peace and a solid direction for our lives. It sets your heart and your mind on the right things for the day. It slows you down to really get clear on what is important to do and what could probably be taken off your plate, like saying no to things. And she talks about all of that. And this is how she survived the loss of her husband at his own hands. And then her son just a couple years after that. And it's been, I mean, a lot of people can't survive that. That is just awe-inspiring, but that is the ability to be close to the one that made us and created us. And he didn't create the internet. He created the nature around us. And that is an amazing story to help be still and remember why we're here. Oh, that's beautiful. Her beautiful daughter alive to then go on now to get, um, you know, married and to live happily. A wonderful husband. The wedding was just recently. And um, and maybe she'll have grandchildren now, you know, with her one surviving child. That is just so profound. And the fact that you said she did this with such elegance and grace and positivity, which most of us don't have that level of tragedy in our lives and yet can't maintain that level of grace and eloquence. That's amazing. Well, I think that if we can slow down and put those devices down and get them away from our kids, Mike and I've had this discussion with other experts on the show about how it's not pop. You're not popular with them when you take the devices away. There's lots of complaints. And, you know, um, we go on big family walks. Yesterday, we took a football, a basketball and a scooter and the three kids. And, you know, there's there's some, I don't want to go or I want to stay home and look at videos. And it doesn't matter. And our 
our family, like you all go to watch your brothers and sisters games. I mean, if you want to stare at the ground while you're there, that's your prerogative. We're not going to glue your eyes to the basketball court. But anyway, we all we do things as a family. Nobody gets to you know sit home and lounge around and not pay any attention to you know supporting their siblings when it comes to games or walks or whatever. We're a team, and that's how we roll. All right, Dr. Cheryl, how do we uh, how do we find you? DrCherylLentz.com. Merry Christmas, everybody. Enjoy the upcoming holidays. I think Mark start, Mike, Mike started his silence already. I was texting out that we should be less <laughs> attached to our social media. <laughs> Sorry. That is hilarious. Sometimes it's just funny to me. It is. Yeah, that's true. That's good, though. At least one person's laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Cheryl. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC. And when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. uh, Yep, absolutely. Uh, A small, big, medium. They'll bring the truck right on over. What's the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does uh, ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. The ARC special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I love... YMCA of the Rockies is the place to take your family. It's like a destination vacation in your own backyard. This year at SS Park Center, we'll be hosting family snowshoe hikes, backcountry ski meetups, outdoor winter survival trainings, winter ecology hikes, and much more. We'll have guest speakers, excursions for every level of experience, and demos by popular mountaineering equipment brands. Visit ymcarockies.org for more information. That's ymcarockies.org. O-R-G. Welcome back. Angie Austin here. Well, the holiday season means we're all busy trying to get a lot done in a very limited amount of time. But don't be stressed. C.C. Carmichael is back, and she's here with some holiday hacks to get everything done in a timely manner. And C.C., known as one of the original hosts of Calling All Cooks on the Food Network channel, and then she's then hosted the network show Good Fast Food. And now she can be seen as one of the experts on Homemade Simple on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Welcome back, C.C. Carmichael. It's good to be back. All right, so where should we start? Well, I think that the holidays, everybody sort of wants to have, you know, company over and they get freaked out that they don't have time. Nobody has time anymore. So basically my my uh, life's work has been to help people get in and out of the kitchen as fast as possible uh, so they can spend more time with their family and friends and it's it's more stress-free. I would agree, so you can have a little yeah. more fun. I mean, it's like for, for, for uh, appetizers, let's say. Appeti- everybody loves appetizers, finger food. And you make holiday entertaining a breeze by going with what you know and love. And that, for me, is keeping Crunchmaster crackers on hand for all my upcoming uh, get-togethers. Um, it, it's made with better uh, for you ingredients like brown rice, sesame seeds, flax seed. Um, it's gluten-free. It has 120 calories per serving, so it's, it's a guilt-free. And then you've got... Um, 
this wonderful recipe that I have on set here today, which is uh, made with the Crunchmaster multigrain white cheddar, a little bit of brie, a little bit of cranberry sauce, and a little crumbled bacon on top. It takes so little time. It looks so elegant, and people love it. Anything with bacon, of course. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, and that cranberry yeah. with, uh, with the cheese is so good. Yeah, the sweet and the savory is one of my two. Like, I love that. Mm. And then for, for cocktails, um, I always like to have sort of a, a signature cocktail um, for my parties. And this year, I'm going to celebrate the holidays with Stella Rosa's Sparkling Imperiale line. You really are going to impress your guests by treating them to basically what is America's favorite Italian wine. You pop open a bottle of Stella Rosa's Prosecco. It's got these refreshing notes of pear and lemon. And what's really great, they've got different varieties. If you want something a little fruitier, they've got the Rosso Lux, which is bursting with strawberry. And then they have the Black Lux, which is richer blackberry, blueberry, raspberry flavors. It really is something for everyone. And during the holiday, they've got these gorgeous tins, great for you know hostess gifts, and these little minis that are good for stocking stuffers and slipping your purse. <laughs> so if you, uh, if you go to uh, Stella Rosa, dot com you can get some great beverage recipe ideas so much fun but I, I recommend having you know something a little special like a like a prosecco well I like it too when you've got the tin or something fancy to give it as a gift to kind of it's uh, so help, great helps with yeah. the wrapping what about it totally does what about CC hacks to just make entertaining easier well, I think that, you know, I go with what is tried and true and what I have used year after year. And, and when you're entertaining, every detail matters. And, and my secret, you know, for so many of my hacks is, um, is bounty, the, you know, the quicker picker-upper, because um, it's, it's strong, it's absorbent, and it really makes it my go-to uh, paper towel for entertaining. Here is a great bounty hack. Okay, you take wrap a wet sheet of bounty around a room temperature bottle beverage of anything you want chilled fast, throw it in the freezer, and it chills in like double the time. Well, it just, a it, great it, idea. so fast. I know, and I'm just learning, I just learned this the other day, and I'm like, why have I not known about that? Because I'm always like, oh my gosh, I've got to get this beer chilled, but that's the way to do it. And another great hack, cast iron pans are notoriously tricky to clean. Pour a cup of kosher salt in there, scrub off the stuck on food with, with your bounty. Um, it's nice and strong. Uh, give it a quick rinse, put another sheet on top uh, inside the skillet, and it'll absorb all the excess moisture and you know how cast iron rusts sometimes uh, that'll keep it from rusting that's a great idea because my mom likes to leave the burner on to get the rid of the moisture i'm like girl you are like leaving the kitchen with the burner on with the burner on i know and then yeah it's <laughs> stop that so so show her that hit and she won't have to do that, that and then will. yeah but um and then everybody's favorite is desserts and i you know i love to bake and i, I don't know if you do but um it's time-consuming. Very. And you're a busy woman. I'm a busy woman. And uh, during the during the holidays, um, you know, we, I like to use time-saving ideas. And the effortless way to bring sweet to the season is with Edward's dessert. Um, you can pick them up in the grocery store in your frozen dessert aisle. I am just obsessed with the creamy layers and these indulgent toppings and the best freshly baked cookie crust on these. And they come in a dozen flavors, uh, rich turtle, chocolate cream, key lime, pumpkin cream. They look gorgeous. You basically get a drool-worthy dessert in, in basically one, two, thaw, you're done. You just put it out. 
So that's my favorite kind. Just set it and forget it. <laughs> and I, people love it. it. It looks festive. I like the key lime. My kids like the s'mores one. And then um, they're already decorated nicely. But if you want yeah. like, the can of whipped topping, and then you can you know t- top that over the whole top if you want. Oh, make you it a go, girl. Fancier. It's that's some crumbled right. cookies. Crumbled cookies sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's I, it, they're beautiful and they're tasty and people love them. And if that if you had to bake that from scratch, you know how long that would take you? Oh, it's just, no. Uh-uh. Please, no way. Well, Cece, where do we go for more info? Go go to tipsontv.com. Tipsontv.com. Thank you, Cece. So nice speaking with you. Happy holidays. You too. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.